Medieval Prague. The raised voices of angry men echo from outside as an ageing rabbi staggers down the stairs and into his basement. His bones creak and his breath rattles in his chest. He approaches a rickety wooden table and wiping a wisp of curling grey hair from his brow, peers down warily at his creation. Before him, lying inanimate, is the form of a young woman, laboriously moulded from clay. She is not pretty, delicate or gracefully fashioned, but he is sure that she will be a loyal and obedient servant to him and a physically powerful protector of their community. She will never utter a sentence or ask a question from her own lips. She will never disregard an order or act of her own accord. It's the rabbi's wish that will always be her command. Gazing down at her strong-featured but placid face, he is satisfied with his work. There is only one thing left to do. He inhales deeply and then, with his thumb, carefully draws three characters upon her forehead. Slowly he withdraws his hand and, holding his breath, waits. Nothing. He frowns and wills her to part her lips and draw breath. Nothing still. The rabbi runs his eyes along the length of the body, searching for any sign of movement. But she continues to lie as still as a statue. And then he notices tiny, almost imperceptible bumps emerging on the surface of the clay. Goose flesh. Her fingertips begin to twitch. Her eyelids flutter open and immediately, instinctively, her eyes fix themselves upon his own. And it is in that moment, as he notices the absence of humanity in her gaze, that he realises he has made a terrible mistake. Certainly she acknowledges him as her master. She understands him innately and she will serve him and his loved ones dutifully. But he knows already that one day he will have to destroy her or she will wreak untold havoc upon the world. She is a golem, a creature of Jewish folklore. Her story is one which has been told and retold for centuries, and it can help us to grapple with questions of the ethics of artificial intelligence now, too. Welcome to The Timely Historian, with me, your host Simone. Episode 3, The Golem Menace. Golem, from the Hebrew word golmi, meaning unformed mass or unfinished being, appears in the Jewish Talmud and the biblical book of Genesis. Adam was created from mud or dust of the earth, and he existed as a body without a soul until God breathed life into him. In medieval Jewish writings, men too, and particularly rabbis, become creators, bringing their clay golems to life using Kabbalistic ritual. By marking the figure with the Hebrew word emeth, meaning truth, or by inscribing God's name on parchment and placing the scroll inside the creature's mouth, the golem is made animate. 
it is almost always created to serve one of two purposes, to act as a trustworthy and capable servant, or to protect a Jewish community from danger. In one of the best-known retellings of the myth, the rabbi Judah Loh, a renowned real-life 16th-century Talmudic scholar and mystic, fashions a golem to safeguard the Jewish people of Prague and protect them from anti-Semitic persecution at the hands of Christians in the city. Most often, golems are male, although female golems also appear in some versions. Tellingly, this is usually when the golem is particularly required for keeping house. Golems are mute and perhaps unwieldy or clumsy, but tremendously strong and resourceful. And, at least to begin with, they are unwaveringly submissive and devoted to their masters. But it never lasts. The tale inevitably ends in the heartbreaking or horrifying failure of the golem. Sometimes, it unwittingly harms itself or others, purely by following orders too zealously. In one story, a female golem is implored by a group of children to build a fire outside for them because they are so cold. She readily complies, heaping sticks, logs and old barrels into the fire until the flames leap so high that they catch the corner of a house. A row of homes is burned to ashes and the golem herself is entirely consumed by the blaze. Other times, the golem's inability to make moral judgments for itself means that it commits violent and evil acts in service of its master. In the German expressionist movie Der Golem, the increasingly brutish creature obeys his master's command to protect a young woman by murdering her lover. He breaks into her bedroom, pursues her Romeo up to the rooftop, and without hesitation, heaves him over the edge, so that the youth tumbles to an abrupt and needless death. And sometimes, the golem chafes against its own bondage, turning vengefully on its maker. In one account, a golem gone rogue seeks to sever its ties to its master by raiding a synagogue and destroying the holy Torah scrolls within, thus endangering the very people and culture it was intended to shield. Eventually there is no choice. The golem's transformation from faithful servant into a menacing monster is irreversible and it must be destroyed. Its master must rub away one of the three characters on its brow, leaving only the Hebrew word for death there, or else remove the scroll of holy parchment from its mouth. And so the golem crumbles to the dust from whence it came, leaving behind only a sinister warning. Creation, without control, will leave mankind at the mercy of its own inventions. Whether or not you're familiar with the traditional golem tale, you've probably come across it in one guise or another. Perhaps the most famous update is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, in which the author replaces clay with cadavers and magic with science. Works of sci-fi by the likes of Isaac Asimov and movie adaptations like iRobot take the idea even further and explore what might happen when purely technological beings, invented by humans, develop their own consciousness. 
And of course, the idea that in the pursuit of progress we create the means of our own annihilation is nothing new in the real world either. The father of the atomic bomb, Robert Oppenheimer, expressed this awful realisation perfectly. Upon witnessing the first detonation of a nuclear weapon in July 1945, he quoted from Hindu scripture, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. We face similar conundrums today with the accelerating development of AI. I don't mean to suggest that we should fear or seek to curb such advancements, but the Golem story reminds us that our creations are often flawed, just as we are ourselves. Your self-driving car, for example, may be safer, more efficient and less environmentally harmful than a traditional car. But in an emergency, it may need to make a morally complex split-second decision. Imagine your self-driving car is suddenly in the path of an oncoming truck, for instance. In order to save the lives of you and your passenger, should your car swerve out of the way, even if doing so means it will collide with a motorcycle instead, killing the rider? Who will program it to make that call? What system of reasoning and ethics will they use? And ultimately, who is responsible for the outcome? Our golems or us? Spotlight on Sources I first came across The Golem when I read Helen Wecker's 2013 novel, The Golem and the Genie. It's a bewitching story of two magical beings who each hail from different cultures and possess opposing natures. They find themselves and each other in a bustling New York at the turn of the 20th century. Listeners who know me will know that while I adore reading, it's not unusual for me to forget even major characters and plot points after I finish a book. No such problems with this wonderful story. In researching this episode, I also watched the 1920 silent movie Their Golem, produced in the Weimar Republic during its culturally experimental interwar period, and I highly recommend giving that a go too. It's easily available and very entertaining. There are further links to the short stories, documentary clips, and articles about the golem which I used in the show notes. Special thanks too to William Weingarten for help with researching and fact-checking the information in this episode. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can get in touch with me on Instagram. I am at the Timely Historian, and I'll be eternally grateful if you subscribe, share, or review this show if you liked it. Thank you so much and see you next week.